Yes, guys, how is it going? I'm back. I am accompanied with my mint tea, and we are about to get stuck into some peak performance magic. So, welcome back to the Taking Charge podcast, the men's peak performance podcast for ambitious men who want to reach peak performance across their personal life, their physical life, and their psychological life so they can reach new levels of success in business and life. So, whatever you're watching or listening on or whatever else, this is actually only our second episode, so any likes, any subscribes, any follows, any shares, whatever it may be, would be amazing. As always, there's not a huge amount of listeners here. If you get value from this, I would love to hear what you get from this. Drop me a message and any shares go a really, really long way as well. So, last week, I ran something in the Power Project called our Open Week. And we actually allowed 35 guys from outside the Power Project, which is my peak performance program, come in and experience a week of working with us. And one thing stood out to me, and that's what this whole episode is going to be about. And that's true peak performance, right? This episode is going to be all around true peak performance. It's actually going to become a bit of a series, actually. Uh, we're going to have probably three more episodes at least, digging into this a little bit more. But during my open week that we ran, I realized that there is a common misconception uh, when it comes to peak performance, when it comes to you know what I do, or often productivity in general, whatever you want to call it. And that is the peak performance and becoming a peak performer and the work that you need to do for peak performance comes from having better time management, being better with your productivity, getting things done faster. And although they are aspects of what we do and what peak performance means, peak performance is so much more than these little hacks, these little productivity tips that allow you to get a little bit more done. And that's exactly what we're gonna be going into in this episode. We're gonna be looking at what true peak performance means because it's funny, a lot of the guys on the open week, they came for you know, these little tips and you know, to, to learn all these things that they could then implement and I gave them that stuff, right? And actually, the things that seem to have the most impact, the stuff that seem to shift the most things for people and probably unlock the most actual performance for people across the board wasn't the science behind things. It wasn't the surface level things. It was actually being challenged and being pushed and being asked really deep questions that raised their awareness around things and got them looking at things a little bit differently. And that's in the Power Project, the program I run, that's one of the biggest things that we do. We, probably the biggest thing that we do in there actually is number one, help the guys connect deeper to themselves so they know what they want, so they know their values, so they know what they're actually trying to do and be a peak performer for, which is really important. And secondly, it is to constantly give them new perspectives, constantly ask them questions to raise their awareness around things because as we can simply raise awareness about certain areas, we start to have new thoughts and these new thoughts create new behaviors and these new behaviors create a new reality and new results. 
So as long as we're here and we can start to have new thoughts, right, everything else downstream starts to change. So yeah, the biggest thing that we're going to be talking about in this episode and, and looking into is the fact that peak performance is so much more than just productivity hacks or anything else. And actually, as I talk about this, the one thing that kind of comes to mind is the system that we use in my coaching, in the power project to be able to take a man from, you know, ambitious man to true peak performer. And that is my M3 system. And the M3 system has, as you can imagine, three categories to it, three parts to it. And all of those start with M, which is why it's called the M3 system. And these are three things that I believe we need to optimize and we need to be making sure that they're aligned with each other, that all three M's, to ensure that we are at peak performance. And there are more to life than just the three M's, but these three M's are the things that we can control so we can be peak performers. And these three M's are man, mind, and mission. Man, mind, mission. So I'm gonna explain all three of these. And the truth is, you know, they do kind of blur the lines a little bit. One will go into the other, but this is a really good way that I think helps not only understand the hierarchy and the path to peak performance, but a really good audit system as well that we can actually start to say, okay, if I'm not performing as well as I can, how are we doing in terms of man? How are we doing in terms of mind? How are we doing in terms of mission? And almost always, you know, there's a clear category that most people are failing at. So when I say man, I mean the physical man, right? When we're talking about man, we're talking about your health. We're talking about your energy. We're talking about your daily routines as well. So this is going to be training. This is going to be nutrition. This is going to be making sure that sleep is optimized. This is going to be making sure that when you wake up, you have a routine that fills your cup first so you can get into the day at your absolute best. And then we go on to mind. So mind is the beliefs and the stories that you are accepting. It's your identity, the way that you see yourself and the way that you want to see yourself. It is your cognitive performance, your ability to think sharply, to not be overwhelmed, to keep cognitive load low, and to actually work at your best and to be able to go into flow state almost on demand. And then finally, we have mission. Mission is the bigger picture thinking. Mission is your purpose, the impact that what you wanna have on the world. It is your vision, where you wanna end up. It is your goals as a whole. It is your connection to self, understanding yourself understanding your values, understanding what you want and what makes you tick. And finally, it is intentional living as well, making sure that you are going into every single day, every single month, every single year, intentionally knowing what you want out of it, right? So that is the M3 system. And most of the time we use it hierarchically. So it would be man, mind, mission. We need to focus on the man first, right? We need to get you physically working at your absolute best, there's always so many uh, low-hanging fruits that we can just pick to optimize your health, which helps everything else. And then it comes to mind, making sure that you're not being held back by self-limiting beliefs, you're not telling yourself stories that are, that are holding you back, and also you're not getting easily overwhelmed and you've got systems in place to make sure that your mind is able to work for you and not against you. And then finally, 
this all kind of gets tied up together with mission, knowing what the point of all of this hard work, all of this performance is actually for, knowing where you want to go. If we're missing any of these three, the rest falls down. You know, there are going to be people out there that, that are really, really productive and they're really, really good in terms of their, you know, mind and their beliefs and everything else. And they know where they want to go. But if they're not looking after their, um, their man, right, their, their health, their body, then eventually that's going to catch up to them and everything else is going to fall down. There's also people that are really good on man and mind. Maybe they are really, really healthy. They're looking after themselves. They've got great discipline on the mind side of things. They have really good cognitive performance and they've done work there so they can actually get things done really well. But if they haven't done work on the mission side of things, they're a really, really effective, really productive man, but they don't actually know where they want to go. So if they don't know where they want to go often, and I've seen this time and time again, they're probably going to be climbing really, really well and really, really efficiently up the wrong ladder. And it's only a matter of time until they look down and realize, shit, I've just been climbing the ladder that I was kind of, I found myself in front of instead of actually slowing down and thinking about what might I actually want to go and do and create in my life, right? So it's really important that we actually give all three of these thought. And after that, yeah, we can start to look at like these little Pomodoro fucking, you know, all of that shit to, to give us that little extra tiny percentile. But if we're looking at that stuff before we're looking at your actual health, your actual beliefs and the way that your mind is working and actually where you want to go in life, then you're truly, truly going to hold yourself back. So hopefully initially, I'm just going to take a little drink. Hopefully initially that gives you a little bit of an idea of what I believe true performance actually is and, and, you know, hopefully you, you now believe that too, right? It's so much less about just getting things done and it's more about optimizing the man, optimizing the mind and knowing what the fuck we want out of life, which is the mission. And I wanna actually run you through recently how this actually specifically looked for uh, one of our clients inside the Power Project in his first 90 days. So this guy was Harry. Uh, funnily enough, he actually joined uh, the Power Project because on our first live event in London, he came and filmed it because he's a videographer. He filmed it and he was obviously in the room, he was listening and he thought, shit, I need some of this in my life because obviously he's a solopreneur, he is an ambitious guy and he's wanting to the best for himself, right? And he was listening thinking, fuck, this is really, really going to help me. We had a chat after and um, just before he left, he said, I need to know more. And uh, yeah, we jumped on Zoom call and he joined. And it's crazy that the... the the wins and the transformation that he's had over the first 90 days alone, right? He, when he joined, um, and he shared all this, so he won't mind me sharing, he, he was finding it very, very, he easily was getting overwhelmed and he actually was falling into a state of emotional volatility quite frequently. It didn't take much for him to start to have often big highs, but also really, really big lows. And he said that often, maybe two times a week, you know, he'd have such a low that he just almost, and he'd feel so overwhelmed that he'd just almost like not do anything, right? And he'd lose these days and it takes him a while to get back on things. Overall, he, you know, he wasn't operating anywhere near his best and he knew that there was so much more on the table. He, he also, you know, in this state was having a hard time to have any freedom for himself because he really wanted to do even better in his business, right? But there was these constraints holding him back that I just explained. So 
he didn't feel like he had any time for himself and he'd actually started to almost not he'd almost started to neglect his own needs so he could work more so he could put more in because he wanted progression right which is where so many people find themselves and i've 100 percent been there myself before as well and over the 90 days by the end um he had his biggest month yet financially and obviously we didn't help him on business right we help him actually express himself more fully in the business because we can unlock his performance and yeah by the third third month he had his absolute best month ever by far um, financially in that month as well he had the most time that he's ever had for himself during that time as well he started to understand his needs he started to be able to get them met he had much 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 less emotional volatility much more mental resilience to being able to take setbacks and be able to push forwards he had really locked in routines. He knew when he could do work, like uh, jobs, filming on site, and when he couldn't because he needed to do the editing. He knew when he had to work, when he didn't have to work. All of these things, which just made for a much more efficient and, well, wealthier and healthier Harry because he knew where he had to be at all these times. He, he understood what actually got him overwhelmed and didn't get him overwhelmed and all of these things. And yeah, he had an amazing, amazing transformation. I just want to kind of walk you through really, really, and I can do a proper case study on this one day as well, but I just want to walk you through really, really quickly and vaguely on how this actually looked for him going through the M3 system and going through the man mind mission, because this could probably help you kind of understand where this could actually fall for you, right? Because the way that the man mind mission works is we can start to audit, okay, where are you here? Where are you here? Where are you here? And we can just start to plug holes and use some of the systems inside the Power Project to just take, plug and play, put into yourself and start to integrate into just what you do. And then we can start to layer them on over time. So on the man side of things, first and foremost, we literally started by looking at where could we fortify and optimize his health and energy? Because obviously this is gonna be the bedrock of peak performance. And there was three big things that we started with with him. And that was sleep, structure, and routines. We gave him our perfect sleep system where we could instantly start to make sure that we had a really good evening routine that started to prime his nervous system for sleep. Um, then actually making sure that he bro broke that time out for sleep so he could actually sleep long enough, guilt-free, seeing how that gave him more energy. Structure is well known where he had to be, where he didn't have to be in creating the... Uh, discipline to be able to have his have his calendar working for him rather than against him at all times and as I've already had, started to look at is routines he had a really really optimized morning routine for himself that every single time he did it he just felt better um, and he felt really ready for the day and he had a really good evening routine that got him out of work mode primed the nervous system for rest and recovery and allowed him to sleep so much better the really cool thing from working on this aspect, right, is he became so much more in tune with his own well-being. Instead of neglecting his needs, he started to actually understand the signs that he was overworking, the signs that he'd worked a little bit too much in the day or maybe in the week. And he started to get so much more autonomy around when does he have to take a break? What can he actually do to have breaks from certain different stresses and certain different things? And overall, he became a much more effective man and entrepreneur. Then. As we look into the mind side of things, already from the stuff on man, and like I said, these all kind of interlink, right? Already from the stuff on man, he had better energy, 
He had much more consistent energy, he had better focus, and was having way less low energy days. Now, our biggest focus here was being able to reduce his emotional volatility, because that was really, really clearly holding it back. And we did this in two ways, right? Number one is we assessed him on a proven model for human well-being and thriving. So we assessed every single part of his life and his setup with this model that is proven for actually, you know, if we score high on here, you should be thriving as a human being. And obviously he scored pretty low and he actually scored low because he is so ambitious and so willing to grind and graft in his business that, he, that there were these human needs that he, were at, he was actually, you know, neglecting. And it's quite funny because I'm sure, you know, if you're a solopreneur, you probably, you probably experience this too. I'm sure a lot of people have been in this boat and I definitely have that we want to progress so much in business. We want to do so well in business and in our goals that we're like, I don't, I don't worry about, you know, I won't worry about positive emotion, which is one of the things that we're scored on. I won't worry about human connection. I know we don't think of it in those terms, but that's the term on the, on the, on the, on the scorecard, right? That we can use here. Um, I'll just, just make sure that this season of life, this year, I'm just going to crush it in business. And we can think that that's the best thing to do for business. And it sounds like it, right? But actually, as we start to neglect our own human needs, we're going to be more emotionally volatile. Our mood is going to be lower. We're not going to be so excited. We're not going to be so fun to be around as well, right? So we're not going to be as much of a, uh, a powerful leader in our business either. So first of all, as I said, we assessed him on this proven model. And on all the places where he scored low, we start to look at, okay, what small steps can we start to take to start to, you know, bring this up in all of these different areas. And as we started to do that, already he started to feel much better. He started to realize the needs that he had neglected. And almost, you know, once you've gone through a, a test like this, it's almost obvious. You're like, fuck, I knew I wanted to do that. You know, I just wasn't, I wasn't allowing myself to have this need because I think I need to be some sort of like high performance robot that doesn't have these. So first of all, you know, now he was less volatile. He had more joy and happiness in his life because he was looking after these needs. And then we became very, very aware of setbacks. We became really, really aware of when setbacks happened or the things that he perceived as setbacks. We started to look at what was the internal dialogue here. You know, okay, something's happened and you're taking it really badly. How are you perceiving this? How would you explain this to me? Could you explain it in a better way? You know, how could we see this quite differently? And we'd coach him through any of these setbacks to slowly start to shift how we're actually perceiving this because a really foundational understanding when it comes to our psychology, right, is reality as we know it and as we experience it isn't the actual reality because reality has to come through the lens that we're choosing to see the world through. And we put our own stories on it, our own meanings on all of these different things. And then our experiences is basically how we're feeling about that, right? After it's gone through our lens. So many people can look at the same thing or experience the same thing and, com and completely, you know, react completely differently and feel completely differently and have a completely different experience around it. So all we start to do is be be begin to bring a huge amount of awareness to how he was actually perceiving all of these different things that were happening. And very quickly, you, you know, from that point, we can almost start to decide, well, what would actually be the most productive way to perceive this? What would actually be the most productive way to respond to this? And as we can look at it in that light, then we can really, really start to shift how we're operating. 
So that was the mind side of things, right? And again, a really cool part of this and byproduct of this is he became really, really aware of his reactions and how he could actually shift and change those. But he also became really aware of his needs as a human being and aware of the signs that he needed to start to look after these needs as opposed to just working through it, right? And that takes us to the final one, which is mission. And as you can imagine by now, the mind, the man and the mind have begun to really start to feel better by this point. It doesn't take much. It's just one, two, three little things. There's almost always some real big return on investment, low hanging fruits that we can take as I've just explained there. Hope you don't mind me drinking while I'm doing this podcast. I don't know why I thought it would be a good idea to uh, make a make a tea before the podcast. It's like the most unhelpful thing for your ears ever. But uh, here we are. I don't do any takes on this either, by the way. So it's just straight one take. Let's go. And next we've got mission, right? So the, 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 the peak of the pyramid, which is mission. So we, we've got him in a really, really good place now. Now, when it came to mission, this is a pretty simple one, really. You know, sometimes mission can be real big purpose, things like that. And sometimes it's not. When we are in a, a phase where we just want to make money, which is fine. You know, we don't have to start to, we, can, we don't have to start to think purpose at that point if it's just money or something else, right? And I like to look at this as a bit like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If someone's health is in jeopardy and they're in a really big, bad place, we don't have to work on w- what your purpose is. We just need to get you out of that hole, right? If someone, you know, is worried about money, whether or not they're actually in a bad place with money, if they're worried about money and, they, and they're saying that they'd feel more comfortable having made a little bit more, we're going to do that, right? And then we can start to assess the belief around that once we've hit that and maybe, maybe disprove the story they're telling themselves of, I need this much to feel safe and maybe it's something else, right? But let's just, let's get there first and see what happens. And that's what we did with, with Harry in terms of, we didn't worry about purpose too much. It was just, you know, let's push. And yeah, the biggest thing we did on, my, on mission was we pushed him fucking hard. So we got really clear on, his goals for 90 days. I said, what would make you really fucking happy? Like by the end of this 90 days, like what would make you think, fuck, that worked. You know, like I'm so glad I joined and we got a amount of jobs in line. We had, a, you know, revenue targets and everything else that we could actually push towards. And I made sure that they were going up and up and up compared to what he'd, used to, used, he'd usually kind of set for himself. I made sure that we set goals that he knew he would have to stretch and evolve to be able to meet. And he'd have to change on the mind stuff, change on the man stuff to be able to actually meet these goals. And then we did something that most people don't do, right? Most entrepreneurs, they say, I want growth. They don't say any specifics. They say, I just want growth. And then they go into the month and usually stay in the same patterns. Instead, with Harry, what we did is we said, like, here's exactly how we how much we want to be making. And then we, we, we had a conversation and we found out, well, what actually has to happen to make that happen? And then we reverse engineered that all the way back to the 90, like from the, from the 90 days, all the way back to the start. So not only did he have this ambitious goal that he knew would stretch him, but we'd fully reverse engineered it. And he knew what had to happen. He knew what he had to focus on. Um, even during this time, he actually created a new offering to be able to offer out, and that really made a difference. Um, and one of the coolest uh, results from all of this was not only does he feel 10 times better, he's learned things that are going to stick with him for the rest of his life. Um, he 
as I already said, his final month was the biggest month yet while feeling the best yet, while also working what felt like the least because he had his um, structure locked in. But then we had our next call. And of course, you know, he, he, he locked in, he signed, he signed up for more because he, he's not gonna wanna leave now after all of that, right? And we set new 90 day goals that how much we want him to be able to achieve in terms of money over the next 90 days is just as much as he made over the last six months. And he's already halfway there in month one, which is crazy. So things are really flying for him, not because he was missing information and not because he didn't have, um, you know, the right knowledge when it comes to business, but because we got him getting out of his own way. We optimized him in all of the areas and we got him pushing forwards. Most of the time, that's what guys need. They need to get out of their own way. They need to get structured and they need to get committed. And that's actually it. Another really, really cool thing, because uh, another thing that I think is really important is psychological freedom. You know, as an ambitious man, we almost always want freedom. That's like our biggest, often our biggest value, something we want to work towards. But we almost go completely against that when it comes to our businesses, because we get so scared about not making money on or what happens if I don't work or anything else that we actually start to make this kind of like prison, this golden prison that is our business and we're scared to take our foot off the gas. Whereas one really cool thing that Harry did was we, we had a conversation about it and he made sure to um, take a holiday and go and see his granddad, something that he, as he said, he said himself is gonna be like a memory that he's always gonna have for the rest of his life. He, he loved the week that he spent there, but he also said that, you know, the old Harry would not have done that because he'd be worried about what if I'm away and I'm missing jobs that I could have taken or, you know, the money, what, can I spend this money or not, right? When, when we've got these structures in place and, and we've started to allow this psychological freedom and started to see why we're having all of these beliefs and telling ourselves these stories makes such a huge shift. So I actually went a little bit more in depth than I thought I would there. But again, that is for me, true peak performance. None of that shit was the Pomodoro fucking clock or any of that shit, right? And I'm not against the Pomodoro, but it's just like, it's just like, that's what people think when they think people, oh, all right, this guy's gonna teach me these little things. No, we're gonna be, we're gonna be going deep, right? This is, so hopefully that gives you an idea. And then from that point, we can start to look at what's the next hole and how can we, how can we start to look at that for that next level up, you know, across man, across mind, across mission and things like that. So hopefully that gives you a bit of an idea. And like I said, this episode is called True Peak Performance or something like that. And I wanted to leave you with three principles because I know that this has just been a lot of talking. Um, I know that you're you're a clever man. You can listen to this and, and take your insights from this, but I wanna leave you with three principles. And then I'm gonna to explain to you the next couple of episodes that are gonna come up. <clears throat> so this is three principles when it comes to peak performance and it comes to true peak performance that I really want you to leave with. Now, some of these you might have been able to almost discern from what we've talked about, but I think they're really, really important. Number one is better productivity without clarity of where you want to go literally just makes you busier, right? So a lot of the time when people are looking at peak performance or what they think is peak performance, they're thinking, how can I be more productive? How can I have better time management? How can I man make sure I'm getting everything out of the minutes that, I'm, that, I, that I've got on my calendar? And how can I get through tasks quicker? Most of the time, people want to get through tasks quicker and everything else that I said, 
because they want more time to do the things that are important to them. But a lot of the time they haven't even defined what that is or what they want to actually spend that time doing, right? So understand that one of the, or I would say the foundational time management tip is that you have not got time for everything. Most people are wrapped up in this lie that they need to manage their time better so they can do all of these things. But the reality is you have not got time for everything. And before starting to look at how can we be more productive? How can we start to get things done more efficiently and everything else? We actually want to ask yourself, like, what do you truly want? What the fuck do you want? Where do you want to end up in five years, three years, two years, whatever it is? What's most important to you? How do you want to live? What is the perfect week to you? We want to ask and define the answers to these questions because then we can start to actually create your peak performance week that actually ticks the boxes for you. If you're just trying to be uh, more productive blindly, you're literally just going to be on the road to burnout. You're literally just going to be on the road to getting things done quicker and then the conveyor belt starts to speed up more jobs start to come in because you're getting them done quicker, but you haven't defined what you actually wanted to speed up for. You haven't defined where you want to go. So the answer to this one and the the, the action step for you is really start to define yourself. What the fuck do you want? Where do you want to go? If you're trying to be more productive, what do you want time for? And instead of trying to get jobs done quicker to be able to do that, look at what can you eliminate to be able to have the time for the things that you want to do. You know, like if, if, if you haven't got enough social life or anything else right now, instead of looking at just doing things quicker alone, look at where am I actually doing things that don't need to be done because maybe I'm scared to take my foot off the gas or I'm worried what happens if I'm not working 12 hours a day or anything else, right? And that takes us on to principle two, which is true peak performance is a process of elimination. Again, when people hear the word peak performance, they think productivity, they think grinding, they think hustling. But reality is true peak performance is what can we actually eliminate to make this ride go faster, right? What can we eliminate to create lightness so we can move forwards faster? One of the things in the Power Project that we're always talking about is how can we create an essentialist lifestyle? How can we delete the things from our life that are clearly holding us back and they're not adding anything to our life? But also, is there anything that is pretty good? You know, it's, it's, it's a good thing to have, but it's probably not actually helping towards where we truly want to get to. And by the way, if you're not getting this already, one of the biggest, most foundational things you need when it comes to peak performance is knowing where you want to go, knowing why you want peak performance. Hopefully you're already getting that. But what I just said there is really important, right? Obviously, there's going to be some vices, some things that are holding you back, some pointless activities you're doing that are definitely holding you back that need to be eliminated. But actually, the big insights here come from what are the good things in your life that actually just aren't great enough to stay? There are going to be things that you do that are maybe a five out of 10 in in terms of enjoyment and actually they're not harming things, but maybe they're not as meaningful to you as you need it to be to actually stay in your life as a peak performer. We need to raise our standards on what we actually commit to and actually allow ourselves to to, to spend our time doing, right? Or maybe it's these commitments and these goals that we've had for ourselves, which it's not a bad goal, but if you want to be a peak performer in the aspects you want to be, you may have to leave that, right? If you were trying to be a marathon runner, a really high-end marathon runner and a boxer at the same time, 
both of these are gr- good, noble goals, right? Like none, no one would say these things are vices and these things are bad things that we need to get rid of. But if you're trying to do both at the same time, you're going to not be able to perform as well at both of them, right? As opposed to if we took one away, you'd be able to perform much better at the other. So again, peak performance is a process of elimination. What can we take away? And the final thing is, one final principle when it comes to this is, again, and this is fighting against and battling against the, the productivity gurus and the grinding and the hustling is, to unlock peak performance, you need to see yourself as an elite athlete, right? So how does an athlete work? How does an athlete perform? How does an athlete operate? Athletes have clear times when they are working or when they are training or when they're competing, right? And once that's done, they stop and they recover. They are an on-off switch. They know if they're on and they're training and they know if they're off and recovering. There's no athlete that is crushing their day of Uh, competing slash training, getting home and thinking, do you know what? I feel like I could do a little bit more and then getting just a little extra running. You know, no elite athlete is just kind of adding things in ad hoc because they realize that the best way for them to get results, and you know this from the gym, right? The best way to get results is by quick bursts of stress oscillated with then uh, bouts of recovery. Quick bursts, bouts of recovery, quick bursts, bouts of recovery. This is the best way to keep performance high, but it's also the best way to actually create uh, adaptation. We stress, we recover, we adapt. You probably know that already from the gym. We wanna see ourselves as that, as solopreneurs. We wanna see ourselves as that elite athlete. Meaning, it's not about how much can we absolutely do over the entire the entire day, how can we make sure that we get make use of every single minute. It is, where do we sprint? And what and and how can we choose and select these tasks that are going to be the highest impact for us? And then when are we going to recover? And how are we going to recover? One of the big things in the Power Project we talk about is active recovery. We're not just resting, but we're actually recovering actively to be able to be ready to go again. And one of the the, the things that I talk about when it comes to this and thinking of ourselves as an elite athlete is the energy paradox, right? Meaning, often almost always when it comes to energy and creating this energy to be able to be a peak performer, if we use energy now, we'll often have more energy in the future. Whereas if we conserve energy now, we will often be degrading our energy in the future. So if you think about, let's say you had a week and you had to push hard for a week in terms of work, you might not train. And for a week, that would be okay because you'd think, I'm not gonna train, I wanna be able to conserve my energy so I can really, really push hard in work. Maybe if you had a real big deadline, maybe that would be okay for a week. But if you continue to think like this, short-term, short-term thinking of, okay, if I don't train, I actually have higher energy throughout the day, so I'm gonna make sure that I don't train and I just and I just do my work. Eventually, it catches up with you, and because you're not using your energy short-term, over long, longer term, it is degrading. Whereas the other way around, if you're using energy, if you're training hard, if you're working in bursts and recovering, if you're doing these things that are gonna actually utilize, use up energy in the short term and, and potentially put your energy down, long term, you're gonna be creating bigger capacities for energy. 
So understanding that there's a paradox here and we wanna be asking as true peak performers, not what gives me the best energy now, unless you are in a specific sprint phase that you need to, but actually you wanna be asking yourself, what is gonna give me the best performance now and a year from now? And we always wanna be working to being the absolute best performer that we can possibly be and actually increasing our performance as the time goes by. So that's the three principles. And hopefully, I know we've gone on for a little bit of time here, but hopefully from here, you can already start to see maybe where you've gone wrong in terms of your understanding of performance, maybe some real foundational parts across that man, my mission, uh, peak performance pyramid and the M3 system, maybe some foundational parts that you've overlooked, uh, maybe in favor of the, the, the little tactics and techniques and everything else that you think you need when it's actually these big rocks that we need to get in place first. And hopefully you got a lot out of Harry's story who did absolutely amazing. And Harry, if you're listening to this, fucking well done. I'm excited to keep smashing things with you. Um, and hopefully you got things out of the, uh, the principles as well. So if this was helpful, drop me a message. I would love to hear how it helped. Share, rate, like, whatever the fuck you do on whatever platform you're listening or watching this on. It's too complicated to, to say it all. And um, yeah, I'd love a share. It would be amazing if you could. Now to keep you in the loop, over the next three weeks, we're gonna have three more episodes where we're gonna really look into energy, right? Because we've looked at true peak performance, we've explained that, and we've looked at three areas, man, my mission. Now over the next three episodes, and I hope I can keep these episodes a little bit shorter, we're gonna start to look at energy in terms of man, mind, mission. How can we optimize your physical energy? How can we optimize your cognitive energy or cognitive performance? And how can we optimize your purposeful energy or your spiritual energy, the energy that you have because you are aligned to something that is so meaningful to you and bigger than yourself that you just have to go towards it, right? So they are gonna be the next three episodes. They're gonna be really, really good and they're gonna be implementable and actionable as well. So hope you enjoyed this. Hope it was helpful. As I said, don't make this a one-way conversation. Drop me a message. I would love to hear how you found this. See ya.